Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. Throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Download DraftKings Sportsbook now with code JOHN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code JOHN. John, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-78-977 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast, a little Saturday special here. C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, Houston Texans going to the playoffs. Incredible accomplishment. 11 wins the last three years to 10-7, and and in the playoffs, awesome. Congrats to them. Congrats to the Colts, who had absolutely no business winning nine games with a chance with two minutes left to be right there as well. I'll give some thoughts on, on that final drive because I know a lot of people have thoughts on uh, Shane Steichen and the timeout and the play call and uh, obviously just some big picture stuff with those two coaches who, young guys, call plays. I mean, if you're going to hire a coach over the next month, your team needs one, and he's going to be a young coach, not Belichick or, you know, Harbaugh, he better call plays. I, I can't have a CEO head coach at 39 years old. I, I can't stand that. So we'll dive into that. And Mike Tomlin, who the broadcast today was giving a lot of praise for another 10-win, you know, a winning season. I have another thought. I would say it's a pretty big disappointment that the Steelers and their fans have to watch games tomorrow and root 
for upsets because they never should have been in this position. But a, a lot of people, oh, he wins again. Well, he always wins. He's good. But it, it feels like a pretty big letdown today, and we, we will dive into that. The plan will be of a podcast with Colin like I do every Sunday. I will do probably some reaction to the Sunday night game. Obviously, Black Monday, firing coaches. We already have a bunch of openings, so it'll be interesting what really happens Monday. We know Ron's coming, but if Bel- if something happens with Belichick, maybe there'll be a couple uh, you know, ones we don't see coming. So we will uh, be on the lookout for that. And uh, so a lot of content coming. This is this is busy season. Obviously, the playoff matchups as well. So we will know who's who's playing who. But before we do that, subscribe to the podcast if you listen on the Herd feed. We have a YouTube channel. We put everything up video-wise. And thevolume.com, we got some merch. So uh, let's rock and roll. I want to tell you about my friends at Game Time. And if you want to go to a playoff game, if one of your favorite teams is going to be hosting a playoff game, maybe you're being on the road, maybe you're a Packer fan, and they end up playing Dallas, and you live in Texas, and you want to go to that game, go to your app store, download the Game Time app, they are the official ticketing app of this podcast. And use the promo code John. That's my name, J-O-H-N, J-O-H-N. $20 off your first pair of tickets, any event. Obviously, football games. If you, if you somehow also live in Texas, want to go to the national championship game, concerts, comedy shows, they have you covered. I'm saving you some money. Promo code John. We love our friends at Game Time. Loyal user of them. So are all my friends. I know a lot of you guys are too because I get a lot of DMs about, hey, thanks for the promo code. Hey, I don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code, promo code John. Save yourself $20. Well, that was, tonight symbolized why getting the right coach matters so much. Obviously, the Texans have the right quarterback. A lot will have to be answered over the next next couple years with the Colts because Anthony Richardson got hurt. But those two coaches are everything I want in a young head coach. They're basically both my age, both born. One in uh, D'Amico, 84, Shane in 85, and young coaches who both call plays. Obviously, D'Amico's somewhat of an outlier. Defensive coach in, in this day and age getting a head job young. But I like my young head coaches to call plays, to influence the game. Because clearly, they're preparing their teams. Both teams came in today with a chance to win 10 games. Both teams, last year, one drafted second, the other drafted fourth. But both impact the game all freaking season. D'Amico is an elite defensive coach. I mean, he doesn't have the personnel right now. And clearly, Shane is an awesome offensive coach. I wanted to start with that last drive. They get the ball back with 625. Their defense isn't very good, clearly. So Shane Steichen, instead of most young coaches, what they would have done, do anything humanly possible to move the ball downfield as quickly as possible and score at will. If they score in two minutes, so be it. But he knew if he gave the ball back to C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins, who looks like freaking Jerry Rice, that they're going to lose. And do you know what sucked? Is that the, even the possibility of the Texans losing because of a mixed extra point? I'm all for end of a game, field goal, make or miss. To lose on an extra point, that would have really sucked. But glad it didn't come down to that. But Shane Steichen, who methodically moved the ball down the field, mixing in a ton of runs. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor getting first down after first down, battling through an injury. That is something that I don't think a lot of coaches would have done. Because most young coaches, and listen, you and I probably do the same, you just get pass happy. And he was so, uh, I would say, disciplined with running the ball. It was really impressive. And on that final play, on, you know, on fourth down, he let the clock run down, and Troy said he was hoping to get him to jump off sides. And I'm not trying to talk shit about Aikman, 
But no, he wasn't trying to get him to jump off sides. What he was trying to do, which he clearly did, was listen, he's all in on scoring. So be it if he only has two timeouts. That is the game right there. And he wanted to get their defensive look. So the play that they came out in, to which they ultimately called the timeout, they came out in the same play which they ran when the guy dropped the ball. He knew that that was going to be wide open there in the flat. Now we can argue till the cows come home, 31 in the game, not Jonathan Taylor. Maybe he thought without Jonathan Taylor, they'd be less likely to go in a man situation. Maybe they would change the line of scrimmage with him in. Maybe they would go all out because they had been handing him the ball nonstop. Listen, this is the National Football League. Not a great pass, but I don't think Gardner Minshew is that good. Maybe I'm an outlier. Like He's a good backup quarterback. And it's remarkable what Shane Steichen, to win nine games when that guy has basically been your full-time starting quarterback all season. Uh, uh, listen, he's fine. Like, I, I'd like him as my backup quarterback. I don't want him as my full-time starter. Not a great pass, but no one's acting like that's Peyton Manning. Throw it a little behind him. This is a National Football League. You got to catch it. You fall on the first down. I have no problem with the timeout because he schemed up a play that didn't just work. The guy was wide open. The guy just dropped the ball. Right, and his quarterback, who's let's face it, just kind of average for NFL standards, definitely relative to C.J. Stroud, just didn't throw a great ball. Now, maybe even if he hits him in stride, he drops it anyway. But like, I have no problem with that sequence because he put him down the field perfectly with time. And if he catches that ball, more time runs. Maybe D'Amico has to think about: Do I need to start calling timeouts? I, I thought Shane Steichen put on a masterclass. Trust me. I bet social media and everywhere you look are going to talk shit about him on that final sequence. No issue with it. Like, that's scheming. This is an intellectual league. He went, he was going up against a high-level defensive coordinator. He saw his look. He knew the play would work. And listen, the schematics of it did. They, they just, as coaches would say, didn't execute it, right? But let's face it, like the Colts, this isn't like the 07 Colts. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not Reggie Wayne or Joseph Adai, right? I mean, th- th- these are... They have no business being in that situation. You could argue the Texans don't really have a business being in that situation, but they have a star quarterback. And I want to start there. They've won 11 games the last three years. And they went through a lot of shit for a couple years. And a couple years ago when they hired David Culley, no one would touch that job. The reason they hired that, and listen, I worked with David Culley. He's a really nice guy. Every single human I've ever met was absolutely floored when they hired him. Like, he's not a head coach. No one else would touch it. The, the building was toxic. So they had to hire him. And even last year with Lovey Smith, weren't many options. And D'Amico, kind of a unique situation because he had played there. And he valued the organization. He valued the family that owns it. And they got the right guy. And the most powerful thing you could have in the NFL, beside a good owner, and I don't think the Texans have a good owner, but he doesn't really matter if you have a star head coach and a star quarterback. And the Houston Texans have that. And obviously the quarterback, I think it shows you, and listen, the draft's going to be not that far away, and all we're, we've been talking about Caleb Williams for two years. There is no sure thing in the NFL. It's a crapshoot. I don't give a shit who the player is. We see it time and time again. And I don't know this for a fact, but I have pretty well-sourced people in the league. If they would have got the number one pick, and the reason they didn't is because Lovey Smith won the last game, Bryce Young's your quarterback. And listen, I'm, I'm not trying to bury the guy after one season on a, in a horrendous organization with terrible players, with no coach. But like the chance that Bryce Young's ever as good as this guy, I, I don't see it. It's not like he's exactly throwing to Andre Johnson out there. Now, Nico Collins looks like a stud. But C.J. Stroud is just a star. And they would not have drafted him. It's no different than the Chargers with Herbert. 
if they would have had the higher pick, they would have taken Tua. Sometimes you got to get lucky. Welcome to life. We all get a little lucky sometimes. And when you do get lucky, you got to take advantage of it. And the Texans did. And it shows you the power of getting a good coach. D'Amico is a rocket ship. He's been that way since probably he was in high school. Some guys are born to coach. And if you look around the NFL, obviously Belichick, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Pete Carroll, some of Mike Vrabel, you go over, Mike Tomlin. Some guys are just better at playing football when they're younger, right? Like the reason D'Amico didn't become a coach till his early 30s was because he was playing in the NFL. If D'Amico had been a fringe college guy and never been drafted, let's just say he was a solid guy at Alabama, fringe guy, washed out of the league in a year, he would have been in the coaching profession quickly. The reason Bill Belichick started coaching at 23 years old, he couldn't play, right? The reason Vrabel didn't start coaching until later, he's playing in the league. So I, I never, and the coaching cycle's gonna come around soon, like deserve, deserve, deserve bullshit. Like not everyone's on the same path. Some people like me didn't play, like you gotta start as intern level. Some guys like D'Amico become a position coach like their second year coaching. Everyone's on a different path. And D'Amico is, gonna, is a good coach no matter what, but he's not a winning coach without a really good quarterback because that's the National Football League. And you get C.J. Stroud because of luck, like, and it changes your franchise. And tonight, he put on a clinic. Like, the, the thing, and a lot of people compared him coming out of college to uh, Jared Goff. Really good pocket player, throws a beautiful ball, but that was before the Georgia game. They were like, God, this guy's a pretty good athlete. And tonight, it was on full display. He doesn't really know how to slide, something that he'll probably need to work on. Now, you could argue, this was a Michael Vick thing. Some guys, if they can't slide, they can never slide. It's just not a natural motion. That would be something that I would try to harp on over the next couple of years because he's definitely a pretty good athlete. And to me, the thing that stands out, I, you know he's accurate. You know he has a good arm. We saw all that Ohio State. It's his playmaking ability. And he only had the one game, and partly because I got news for everyone coming up. The Big Ten sucks. It, it really does. For most years, it's two good teams. You know, obviously this year, it's just two good teams. Like Penn State's terrible. It's just not a great conference, especially athletically on defense. So you just don't really see it with him. And he didn't need to do it because Ohio State was so much better. But you watch him in that Georgia game, you're like, God, this guy really has got some other pitches, right? And then you saw it tonight, that, that play that he made where it looked like he was throwing it away. He wasn't throwing it away. He was throwing it to Nico Collins, who made a great catch. And his instincts as a playmaker are something that's going to turn him into potentially a top-five quarterback. Now, I always struggle with this because, listen, the, the Jags game, a lot of people are going to be paying attention to that tomorrow, right? They win. They win the division. They lose. The Steelers would be in. It's a massive game. Trevor Lawrence, just a year ago, we all thought was headed towards superstardom. This year, everyone's like, can't pay him yet. Things change fast. So you got to be careful. It's about sustaining success over a long period of time. But as a rookie, it doesn't get much better than that. Like that, that performance tonight, what he's done all season, obviously, you know, he won like the good guy award or whatever they said on television. It just doesn't get any, I mean, that's all, that's as good as it gets. The whole point, if you're a GM or a coach of running a franchise, is to find that guy. And it looks like they did. And obviously, Will Anderson's a stud too. So they have now a core. Here's the thing, big picture for the Texans. We talked about the coach. We talked about the quarterback. Their GM clearly is pretty good. He fleeced the the Cleveland Browns. They have a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a third-round pick in this upcoming draft. They traded away their first-round pick to go up to get Will Anderson, but they have Cleveland's first-round pick which actually could end up pretty shitty if they win a couple playoff games. But, you know, it's a fluid situation, so you, you never know on in early January 
the final cap space for every team, but they are projected to have the most cap space. And you, you don't think a lot of people are going to want to play there? No state income tax. I saw a tweet today that it's actually the best division to play in because Nashville, t- Titans, no state income tax. Jacksonville, no state income tax. And Indianapolis is low state income tax. So of all the divisions, in terms of getting your money, one, they're going to have a lot to give out. And two, it's very lucrative in terms of the tax situation. I, I think the Texans, if they were a stock right now, you would bet on them to be a consistent playoff team for years to come. Now, obviously, they're going to have to improve on defense, especially up front. It's just that they're going to have to hit on more draft picks. They're going to have to make smart free agent signings. But anytime you have a coach and you have a quarterback with that much talent, it'd be hard, especially in a division. You know what's crazy? I was thinking about this when you know the Colts won nine, the Jags already have nine, and listen, probably beat the Titans. You could have multiple 10-win teams, a nine-win team, and your shittiest team is Mike Vrabel who his quarterback or his coaching kind of uh, situation with the Titans is kind of in flux because it feels like he wants to leave, but he's clearly a really good coach. Their team just sucks. So this is a vision that, I, I listen, I love to talk shit about. Actually turned out to be okay. Uh, really, really impressive. And like the Colts, no business winning nine games. Absolutely none. And Shane Steichen... If you, I don't have a vote, but if, if you told me someone voted for him for coach of the year, like, I'm not going to argue with you. I've said my piece. I, I would vote for Dan Campbell because of the franchise. Obviously, what Stefanski has done with Flacco is incredible. He did win it a couple years ago. But Steichen this year, to have that team with nine wins, that team, think of what he handled. He inherited a team who drafted a quarterback who we all acknowledge, like Anthony Richardson. Like, the thing with C.J. Stroud, it was like, He's kind of NFL ready. It's like, what's his ceiling? Turns out his ceiling's pretty high. But everyone knew what he did would translate to the NFL. It was just about at what level. With Anthony Richardson, it was like, yeah, he doesn't really know what he's doing. Complete freak athlete. Maybe the biggest arm immediately in the NFL. Just figure out a way to build an offense around him. So it was going to be a total just building year. And then he gets injured. You're like, this is going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. They take Gardner Minshew. They are two minutes away from potentially going to the playoffs. Absolutely incredible season. I mean, incredible. And you could argue, like, listen, I'm not trying to shit on defensive coaches. I like Coward. I I agree with his thing. I'd go offense if I had the choice. That's what you want. An offensive head coach who clearly resonates with the players and is an elite play caller. Like, you watch tonight, you're like, yeah, that's kind of what the Eagles are missing. He did that with Gardner Minshew? You know that Gardner Minshew, before Mike Leach called him his senior year in college, was going to go to Alabama and become a coach? Now, obviously, he's good enough to play in the NFL. I'm not trying to just shit on the guy. But he was a phone call away from just going into his coaching career. And this is a guy that every team in the league has had a chance to like be in the Gardner Minshew business the last couple of years as either, as either a backup or a bridge starter. Most teams kind of pass him. So Shane Steichen, what he did this year, the situation with Ursay and Jonathan Taylor, by the end of the year, Jonathan Taylor looks like fucking one of the best running backs in the NFL. I mean, we knew that, but mentally was in the right spot, just being able to handle that. Just a fantastic coaching job. That, that was, I'm never going to change from this position. I'm not hiring a guy under like 55 years old to be a CEO head coach. It drives me nuts. Brian Dayball, Robert Sala, it's like, I, I want you to influence at least half the snaps. You can't just tell me, well, I'm motivating and coaching my coaches. 
Well, those guys are doing that as well as coaching half the game. So congrats to the Texans. Uh, just a remarkable achievement. Congrats to the Colts. What, what a fun season. And, you know, the crazy part for the Colts, the difference with the Texans, even if they get killed in this playoff game, which, very possible. I, I, I don't think they're going far. Though, you know, if C.J. Stroud gets really hot, you never know. But I'm going to bet against them in the first round. I don't even know who they're playing. I don't even know what seed they are. But I'm going to bet against them in the first round. Their future is so bright. With the Colts, it's like you're kind of starting back at ground zero because you have this young quarterback who, while he only played several games, got hurt in multiple games. So you're going to have the question, can he stay healthy, right? And can he become a legitimate NFL quarterback? So in a weird way, they could make a step next year organizationally, like add a bunch of talent and have less wins. Right? There's a decent chance that they're not in this position next year. But actually, when the season ends, have a brighter future because you're like, well, Anthony Richardson played all 17 games. He threw 25 touchdowns, threw a bunch of picks, but we got a lot to work with. The future is bright. That, that's, if, if I was making an early prediction, that, that's probably where I would go. So, yeah, that, that, that was fun. <laughs> When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. And then on the early game, Mike Tomlin, the, the Steelers had to win that game. I don't care if they won it 2 to nothing or like they ended up winning it 17-10. to 10. You cannot lose to the Baltimore Ravens. I don't care how hard it's raining, how wet the field is, when all their good players, I, I know they did, like Clowney, some of their guys played, but the majority of them were in street clothes. When you watch that game and the Steelers won, 
you know, Lewis and Orlovsky, they're like, it's so incredible. It's just another winning season. I look at it kind of differently. You guys know where I stand. I think the Mitch Trubisky contract had one of the most negative impacts of any guy in the NFL. Right? You'd be like, well, Deshaun Watson's contract is infinitely worse. Well, yeah, he didn't play well, and he makes a lot of money, but when he played, his team won. When Trubisky played, the, the Steelers were objectively awful, and he was objectively one of the worst players in the NFL at any position, let alone the most important position, which can just immediately lose you games. And they lost the game to the Colts, which if they would have played Mason Rudolph at the time, who Tomlin has been around for years, maybe they're not in a position where they have to watch football tomorrow and actively root for two teams. They're in a position tomorrow where they're on their knees and praying that either the Titans pull an upset or the Bills lose to the Dolphins, which I don't see happening. Obviously, crazy things happening. They, they, they might make the playoffs. But to me, it's like that, that does not take away from they should not be in this position. Now, if they were to make the playoffs, T.J. Watt has sprained MCL. You know, his status obviously would be up in the air, potentially not be able to play. But regardless, this should be a 12-win team. This should be a team that is not just locked into the playoffs right now, but is feeling good. This should have been a team that could have had T.J. Watt in street clothes today because today didn't matter. They should not have been in this position. Now, I... I said forever, Tomlin to the Chargers or whatever. Are they going to fire a guy that wins 10 games? Doubtful, but what if they don't make the playoffs? So back-to-back years, they don't make the playoffs? I picked this team to win the division. Clearly, they weren't as good as Baltimore, you know, when they're both playing their starters. And Kenny Pickett, Lamar, gaps wide. But they, they shouldn't have been. This should have been 11 or 12 wins. This should have been a team like the Cleveland Browns tomorrow, nothing to play for. You're in the playoffs. They have too much talent. Like, I'm not acting like Mike Tomlin is a bad coach. He clearly is good. He clearly is good. But this year, he let the team down. I I won't take it. Like, there's no other way you can describe it. He's the head coach. He's the guy signing off on Trubisky. I'm not even talking about firing Canada or the new offensive court. Regardless of all that stuff, he's in charge of who's out on the field. And when Pickett went down and they went with him over and over and over again, even back to that Colts game, which I remember, it was a Saturday game. I remember watching on the couch, the same spot I watched both games a day, thinking, you, got, you can't bring this guy back at half. And they kept rolling Trubisky out until two minutes left in the game when the game was over and they threw Rudolph in there. It's like, what is going on? If I was a Steeler fan today, like the, the Steelers aren't in the spot, like the Colts or the Texans, where you're doing cartwheels over nine or 10 wins. Like to me, this year is like borderline embarrassing because of what it could have been. Not because even with Mason Rudolph, they would have made some long playoff run, but they should have been a team today that was cruising into the playoffs. I don't think any Steeler fan would disagree with me on that one. So, like, to be in a position where everyone's sitting on their couch tomorrow rooting on these teams, there's seven teams now in the playoffs. Seven. They added a fucking team three years ago. So if you're not in that going into the weekend, like the Rams are, like the Browns are, To me, you haven't had a good year. I mean, especially if you're a high-level organization like the Steelers, who coming into the season, loaded roster, team that's really good, cleared the quarterback position up in flux, but to roll out Trubisky, to roll, like think about Gardner Minshew, who is like clearly one of the best backups in the NFL. The gap between, Gardner Minshew looks like Joe Montana compared to Mitch Trubisky. And they played him over and over and over again. Like, you have to have a quick hook. It's like a playoff baseball game. 
when you have a starter in a must-win game, you, you can't just allow him to give up hit after hit, home run after home run. Even if it's a second inning, you got to get him out of the game. And Tomlin, who clearly kind of hangs his hat on this old-school loyalty thing, uh, it cost him this year. And if by the time you hear me next, they're not in the playoffs, like, I, I'm sorry, this is his fault. Like, we all expect him to just win now. Like, n- no one thinks Mike Tomlin is just going to have a bad season. It's, like, impossible. The organization, the infrastructure, they have too much talent. It's not going to happen. But now we're kind of like, is, is 9, 10, is that just cool? Like, is that just okay? Like the Texans, celebrating like they won the Super Bowl today. They should. <laughs> they won eight games the last two years. Or they won seven games the last two years. Like, that's, Mike Tomlin wins seven games usually by the middle of December. But to not be in the playoffs, I, I just, I, I can't get over it. I, I, I really can't. And it's all because of Trubisky and his unwillingness to just go to Rudolph, who clearly, the, the other thing would be if Mitch was new to you and you hadn't seen, you'd seen this thing before. Like, you'd seen this movie. It's not like, well, I'm hoping this gets better. He was a former high pick. He played good football somewhere else. He'd been on your team for a couple years now. Talking Trubisky, you extended him. I can't celebrate like, oh, just another winning season like the television guys did. No, I look at like, what a disappointment. What an embarrassment. I'd say the same thing with the Jags. The Jags, let's assume they win to the Titans. Like, it's a disappointing season. You had to win the last week to win 10 games. It's one thing if you got to win the last week of the season to win your division at 12, 13 wins. That, that's impressive. Like the Cowboys. Like, they got to win tomorrow to win the division. That's a lot different than what the Steelers are doing today, right? Or the Jags are doing. Like, those are disappointing seasons. Expectations are high. However your season goes is also based on expectations. Like the Niners and Ravens. They did what a lot of people thought they were going to be. Really good, right? That's why the Eagles, there's so much negativity. Eagles are going to end up winning 12 games, assuming they beat the Giants tomorrow. People are acting like it's a disaster because the expectations were so high. The Colts, Jim Ursay, he sobers up to throw everybody party. It's an incredible accomplishment. Nine wins. Like expectations are part of football. Like Jim Harbaugh, he's supposed to be in the national championship. His team was absolutely loaded. Washington, if they lose a national championship, they can hang their head high. Look at last year, TCU. They lost by 100 points in the national championship. It's, it, it'll never be top. That's the greatest season in the history of TCU football. It'll never happen again. They will never be in the final two, you know, in the national championship game. That'll never happen again. I promise you that. I'd bet a lot of money on that one. So expectations are part of it. And the expectations this year for Pittsburgh were high. And to me, they underachieved. The volume. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.